Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this is Translating ADHD. Today is Wednesday, April 15th. And the reason we're telling you that is because we've sort of parked our pre-recorded episodes to bring you more timely episodes based on the fact that the world has changed quite a lot in the last month and a half. Today's topic is brought to us by Cam, and he said he wasn't going to tell me what it was. So, Cam, now you have to tell me. Oh, my God. Did I say that? Really? (laughs) (laughs) You did. I did, didn't I? You did. Uh, My working memory just... No, I do. (laughs) I got it. I have it. I'm taking the lead today. Well, we were talking before starting the recording and running through different scenarios for the topic today. And um, what I wanted to look at was a a change in tone that I'm seeing in my clients, right? In my client work, I'm as busy as ever and lots of conversations. And I'm just noticing a little shift in the tone that we're many weeks into this and we don't know where the end point is with this of sheltering in place and working from home and having our routines upended. And there's a few kind of some strain, you know, to go along with that stress. And I think I want to speak to that. And I'm actually going to speak more about my own experience. I think, I think that listeners like to hear, you know, our own situations. And, and I've got plenty of stories to, to tell there about just recent sort of stressors that create a strain. You know, these systems and tools and practices that we build, for those of us with ADHD, it's sort of like we're building a foundation on sand. And it's almost like, you know, there was a, this COVID thing is just, like a a big rainstorm that's washing out the foundation around, you know, washing that sand away. And it's putting some strain on these foundational elements. I'm just going to relay one client story of, again, just not going into work and having those visual, physical, I'm going to say geographic cues of walking into the office and it's a geography of that, it's sort of that, the physical manifestation of that to be in there and those prompts that going into the office had him look at his calendar and putting on his suit and going in versus sitting in his house pants in the middle of his home at his kitchen table, wasn't looking at his calendar. And all of a sudden, with less appointments, he was thinking, Hey, I don't, I don't have to look at my calendar. I don't have any appointments. When in fact, those appointments are still important, but they're not as many. And so he's, you know, the number that he's missing, the percentage he's missing is spiked because he has less appointments, number one, and he's missing more, number two. So fascinating for, in just working with folks. And again, the shift that we talked about snow day, We've talked about time on your hand. What are we going to do with that extra time? If you sort of, your bandwidth is not being compromised, 
uh, when it is over compromised or, or taxed too much with, a, with the emotional piece. We talked about boundaries last week, all these different manifestations. And here we are, right? We can sort of uh, have that anaerobic sprinter approach. And we're getting out of that anaerobic phase, folks. We're getting into week four, week five. And looking ahead with real no, you know, no real ending to this thing, we've got to shift over to a marathon mindset, getting into a, okay, what's sustainable? How do we do this? And I think that's tough to move from, okay, I'm just going to hold my breath, get through this and, and things will return, get back to the way things are when that is not happening. Yeah. Cam, I'll say that I was of the hold my breath camp. I was really <laughs> sort of hoping that I could just power through. Um, uh, me too. I hold me my too. breath me too. And, yeah. and everything would go back to normal. And so I'm having a really hard time with the fact that that's not the case. My weeks are pretty lopsided because before all of this happened, my Thursdays were reserved for the couple of in-person clients that I have left. And so now that that is not a possibility, all of my coaching happens Monday through Wednesday. Monday through Wednesday are super intense days, but they're great days because I'm working and I'm talking to my clients, which is uplifting. And then Thursday through Sunday is like a combination of snow day and just like, I don't know, amoeba. Like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Snow day amoeba. I become an amoeba. It's like I don't know what to do with myself, so I just am. <laughs> and well, that tells me that the routines and practices that you've developed over the years have been really you know, a framework for you to be successful in your day. Yeah, and the yeah. absence of those, especially... The days that I'm still working with clients, things feel pretty quote unquote normal because I still get up early in the morning. It's still the same kind of day I would have if things were normal. Right. But the days that I don't, there's something different about those. I don't know if it's the fact that I don't have options. So there are a lot of things that are off the table that would normally be things I would do on those sorts of days. I don't know if I'm just getting stir crazy. I don't know if I'm preemptively morning fish tour because I think mm -hmm. we both know that that's probably not going to happen. I'm still trying to figure out what that is, but it's certainly really interesting that the days that kind of mirror normal go great and my attitude is wonderful. And the days that are absent of structure and absent of appointments and absent of those quote unquote normal things are really tough. You know, so I, the Dr. Seuss book, this reminds me of is, um, I don't know if it's the title, but it's certainly the theme is the waiting place. Oh, no, I know it is. It's the, oh, the places you'll go, I believe. And in the, oh, the places you'll go, he talks about the waiting place, the place in between. I think, you know, we talked about change within the first three weeks of this endeavor because learning about your ADD or ADHD 
And moving forward means about accepting and embracing change. You know what? For a creative bunch who can be extremely spontaneous, I think this is one of those paradoxical pieces is that change can really be challenging, especially when it's sort of like this, this apple cart that's getting upset and then continues to get upset, right? It's just, it's like, damn it, you know, will the apple stop rolling around? Like, can we just have, a, you know, just see where it lands? And that this is always evolving, this is ever evolving, ever changing. And we're kind of in this transition period, you know, and we're having a transition with it. And I think that that can be really tough for those of us with ADHD to kind of, we're sort of like a cat in midair trying to land. Yeah. And we haven't landed yet. Yeah. It's like trying to find that footing. And it's, I think the challenges are as unique as the manifestations. A lot of my clients are having some amount of emotional challenge as am I. Mine is amplified this week by PMS. Sorry for the TMI, but I know that for a lot of women who have ADHD, PMS can really amplify emotional dysregulation. And boy, am I dysregulated right now. Uh, (laughs) Well, I'm trying to come back with a cool like uh, acronym, you know, or like a, a abbreviation with no big deal or maybe NBD, but NBD in the sense of that's cool. Well, uh, yeah, it I is, know. <laughs> and it is what it is. And and I'm okay with that. We're okay with that. Absolutely. But it's, you know, it's what is bringing about those emotions is different for each one of my clients. For some, it's this grappling with guilt, this sort of false belief that I have more time. Well, you do have more time, but at the same time, you don't have more time because you're managing everything that is different, which in and of itself consumes time and energy and mental capacity and emotional energy and brain space. Like, for example, the schools sending us multiple emails about how to do this remote learning and the, the, the cluster mess that that is and trying to manage that. Right. Of just this, all this information coming in and how do I bring it to my 11 year old so she can actually benefit? It's like, can we get our, can we get our stuff together? School district X. (laughs) (laughs) Now in defense of teachers, I do have a client who is a teacher and who is on the other side of this equation. And it is equally challenging for her sort of trying to navigate these brand new waters. And we don't realize how much energy and executive function that those things demand out of us every day. And by the way, my beef is with the administration, never with a teacher. As a former teacher and all time, as in I'm always right the educator, never beef with the teacher teachers. So I just want you to know that. I think you bring up a good point. It's the acknowledging and recognizing you, you might seem like you don't have as much in your schedule, but you don't necessarily have more time because as you said, 
these new energy outputs. We're plugging into all these things. I want to go back to my foundation. And this is the, the metaphor that I've been using with my clients is that as we're building these practices and self-knowledge about their ADHD, it's like we're building a bridge to drive their traffic over to make things happen. And it's like a, you know, 15 gross tonnage. It's like it's got a certain amount of tonnage for it. Along comes COVID, which is like two 30-ton trucks. Right? So you're taking this thing that's designed for 15 tons, and we're just overwhelming it with a lot of weight. Meanwhile, the flood below is eroding, you know, the sand around the foundation. You've got these cracks. And so we're taking extra energy to try to shore up these pillars that, that under quote unquote normal times, we're doing okay. But I think the opportunity here is as we're waiting, mixing metaphors, as we're waiting to kind of land as cats you know, and we're flying through midair, is to kind of notice where is that energy going? For me, I, you know, for you, it's emotional regulation. And you were talking about your clients around guilt and shame, whatnot. For me, it's around communication. You don't want to, you want to hear what I did? You want, you want to hear what I did, Shelly? Uh-oh. What'd you do, Cam? Okay. So I, you asked my wife how good I am at communicating. And I, w- I would say I might get like a, I don't know, maybe a, on a good day, a B minus. And what I did, I'll just, I'll just say what I did. I told my son it was okay to go riding his bike. The problem was it was Easter morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, and when he asked me, so in my defense, what I do is I kind of, I do a couple things. One is I downplay, I mitigate. And I try to sort of solve the thing and like, I, I don't need, I don't want to share too much. I don't want to like, you know, be communicating all the time. I got this. I'll take care of this. You know, my son's asking, Hey, can I go riding tomorrow morning? And I'm like, sure. Where are you going? And he tells me, and I'm like, well, why would you want to go there? Why would you, why would you go there? Why don't you go over here? It's a much better riding place. So I'm focused on the ride, the quality of the ride, what he's going to be doing, who he's going with. And I'm not thinking about, when, in the sense of, oh, it's a relevant, you know, a day where we are spending time together as a family. Um, our plans for Easter shifted, changed. We were supposed to do a family reunion. That all got blown up. So in my mind, Easter is like kind of like, oh, well, we're not really doing Easter, but we are. And I wasn't thinking about that. And my son's a smart guy. He's not going to ask my wife. If he can go riding Easter morning, he's going to ask me. And as part of the parental units, in his mind, if he gets permission from one, then that's okay. And oh, yeah, there's the other thing where I'm the kind of guy that's going to say, sure, like, yeah, why not? That's my approach. And so he knows that. And so for me, over the years, communicating has been the challenge. I've been doing a lot of work there. But it's one of those things where those telegraph lines have been been getting snipped in the last four weeks is that I'm getting more demands on my bandwidth, sort of circling the wagons and maybe not communicating as effectively. And so recognizing that, recognizing 
there's energy going into other areas and not tending to that communicating, that key communicating. My wife brought me lunch, so I think we're back on speaking terms. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. We're all good people. If you're like, what's going on? We're good. We're good. Yeah, but speaking of Easter and just how strange that experience was, especially if you do have children and there was an expectation of celebration. You know, another big challenge in my household is my daughter is so emotional. And I don't even mean emotionally dysregulated. I just mean she wears her heart on her sleeve. And this poor kid has had disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Her right. Disney, Disney vacation was yes. canceled. I know. School has now been canceled for the rest of the year. She misses her grandparents. She misses her friends. She is an extrovert. And she has the misfortune of having parents that are both introverts. So her social needs are not really being met in the way that she would like. And... When it comes out of her, it comes out in tears and emotion. And it's like this constant thing that needs to be managed and dealt with. And I'm having a hard enough time managing my own emotions. So having to manage a nine-year-old's emotions on top of that is a struggle. You know, I hate to say it. I love my child more than anything. But man, if anybody else has a family member who is very emotive like that. I would be curious to know what the effect is on you because I know that it certainly is a struggle for me because there's also, as mom, I want to fix it. Like my normal response to the tears would be fix it, but I'm not a physician so or a researcher, so I, I, I can't fix it. There's nothing I can do. To look at it objectively in the sense of because we've been talking about bandwidth, we tend to be, you know, right up against a margin, right up against a limit, typically. I mean, I think that, I think I said this in recent weeks is that we're kind of running knife, uh, r- running the knife's edge, right? Between overwhelm and ambivalence. And, you know, you bring in that added piece, right? And that social overlapping. And here you have this new dynamic, understandably understandably that your daughter is going to come and show up that way because that's who she is. It's just sort of, again, it's all turned up. There's stuff to be disappointed about. And so that's more for your own bandwidth more to, and, and for us, it's the management part. It's here it is and and something to do. And you're going to do it because you're her mom and you're going to do it. We're going to take care of our kids because we will. We're going to get through this. It was sort of like after Easter, you know, I'm out there basically restringing telegraph lines. How, how, do, I, how do I make the reconnections to my wife? Because that's essential. I'm not going to. I, there's no way I'm going to get through this, you know, to go up into some kind of isolation chamber and not communicate, like just shut off that resource because she's the glue that holds this crew together. And so, you know, we do what we can, but I think it's kind of recognizing new inputs. There's a new input. 
it's, it's new and it's different. And it kind of can, if we're a little bit kind of off balance, it kind of pushes us a little bit more off balance. We, we've kind of lost our footing a little bit here. So on slippery ice and how do we get our footing? Yeah. So then let's look at your situation, listener. Let's take our approach of understand, own, and translate. That if you're feeling a little unbalanced, if you're feeling like a little depleted, feeling some strain of that extra truck on your bridge and the foundation's getting washed out a bit, is to step back and bring that keen observer in to look at where's your energy going. It's going somewhere. And it needs to go there. People need our help. Our attention is getting diverted into other areas. And it's relevant. It's important. And so see where it's going. And what's the ownership here? What is it to own? What is there to own? What is there to accept? I think that we can feel like, you know, somehow I'm not doing this right. You know, or I'm not, I'm doing this poorly. Um, okay, maybe you are. Maybe that's all that's possible right now. And to be a novice. I think we've talked about this in the sense of learning anything new. It's really helpful to have kind of the approach of a novice. Who said you had to be good at this? We're all new at this. Can we be novices? We're being tested. We are being tested. I think for those of us with ADHD, the test comes in a different form. And to acknowledge that and let that be. But starting to move into this process of understanding, accepting, and starting to translate. Is there someone you can communicate to? to share what's going on for you. One thing that's way down is exercise. People are not exercising. And it's likely with the anxiety and stress, people are not sleeping as much. And so another client was talking about two things that were happening. One was that felt like his symptoms were increasing. ADHD lunch counter symptoms were increasing and his ability to cope was, was, was decreasing, right? His management tools were diminishing. And so recognizing that coming back to some good self-care activities, just yesterday, I was negotiating with my wife this week about exercise. Whose turn was it? I went for a gravel bike ride yesterday, and it's as exciting as I just said it. Not that exciting. And I was telling her, I'm going to go for a mountain bike ride. She's like, hold on, cowboy. It's my turn to get a little exercise in. I'm like, oh, yeah. She's right about that. Right? But again, I've been building bike trails with my kids on my little tiny property. And it's right there outside my window and I can make that happen, right? Get out and get moving and attend to the self-care. We're thinking about you. 
listeners. One final thing I'll say, Cam, is you are right. Self-care is important. But again, now is not the time for guilt and shame. If you can't get there with exercise, if exercise wasn't already a part of your self-care practice, for Cam, it was. It was something that he was doing prior to this happening. For you, it may not have been. So this is not said to guilt or shame you into exercising so that you will feel better. It is said so that you can look for what do I need and remember that you have needs and downtime is important for our brains and our bodies in whatever form it comes in. And those are the things we tend to ignore the most in times like these, which leads to that amplification of symptoms and amplification of frustration. So for you, it may not be exercise. It might be something else. But whatever it is, look for the opportunity to do it in a way that feels natural and good and easy, not the way that you have to bludgeon and shame and guilt yourself into doing it because we don't need any more of that right now. Well said. And uh, I appreciate the correction. Yes, this is about self-care and, you know, adjusting that oxygen mask to, to make sure that you've got it on yourself so you can be resourceful and resilient. And we will, we will get through this. We're going to get through this. I miss people, Cam. <laughs> I don't know about you. But we better get through it because I miss people and I'm an introvert. So the extroverts must be losing their minds. Yeah. Um, I'm an introvert too, you know? And so if we're missing people, I can't imagine what it's like for those, those uh, tried and true extroverts out there. And so we're all having our own unique struggle. But again, coming back to what are needs that we can address here and now, given where we are? And to kind of like be the cat in the air. That's where we are. Uh, sort of adjusting, orienting, aligning, okay, and, and be in that place. Although it's, it, it's not comfortable. This is, this is about embracing discomfort. So you want to wrap up there, Shelley? Sure. Absolutely. So if you like what we're doing here on the podcast, you can leave us a rating or review wherever you listen. If you have feedback to share or have a topic that you'd like to hear us address, either about the current situation with social distancing or in general as relates to ADHD, you can hit us up on the website, translatingadhd.com or on Twitter at translatingadhd. And until next week, I'm Shelly. And I'm Kim. And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks for listening.